0: Hey guys, it's Ari Savir and you're listening to the All Blacks Podcast. Hello and welcome to the All Blacks Podcast. I'm Andy Burt and today I'm joined by Hurricanes and All Blacks legend Corey Jane. Welcome to the show, mate. Hey, mate. Good to be here. Hey, Corey, mate. Last time I think you are cited by New Zealand fans was probably the Hurricanes campaign last year. I think. What have you been up to since then? No,
1: I was in Japan again for my second year um, after 2017 season. And... uh, it came back mid January, so I, I was a stay at home dad for a couple of weeks, and then my wife fired me for not cleaning up the house enough. So the kids were fine, but the house wasn't clean. So, um, and then the last couple of months or so, I've just been coaching with, with Wellington and helping their the academy and um, wider, or like club players, you know, that, that are looking at for maybe potentially going to the next level and stuff like that. So, um, been enjoying that so far
0: and so moving into the kind of coaching side of things a little bit obviously but what's your playing status mate are you still i'm going to tie up the boots or what's happening well i haven't officially
1: retired i i, I kind of kept it open um just in case i i kind of got itchy feet uh, early on but i haven't missed it at the moment and i'm enjoying this this coaching opportunity that i've been given and i always knew that i wanted to be a coach for the last couple of years just to, with the work that i've done with the hurricanes and and the defence and stuff like that that um you know I got to enjoy my now doing it so now to be given this opportunity to help Wellington and stuff like that and kind of get a foot in the door early um man I've enjoyed it I always tried to teach or help help players my whole career and that wasn't my job my job was just to play yeah. um but I enjoyed it where now it's I get to help and and yeah. and teach players and I'm enjoying it so far
0: Brilliant, mate. And I guess slight like, heavyweight boxers. I say, the last thing to go is the punch, mate, and you had a pretty good fin, so I'm sure that's there for a few more years, mate. Oh, yeah, but the fin's still
1: there, but I, I guess, you know, I couldn't play as, you know, I couldn't do the things I used to be able to do uh, with the ball, you know, knees started getting sore and Achilles and all that kind of stuff, and so I tried to change my game the last couple of years to more defensive reading and understanding of defensive roles to shut down players before they can do stuff that, um, you know, to put me under pressure and that kind of worked. Um, kind of reinvented myself for the last couple of years, which was which was cool. But it gave me a whole look at the whole rugby, not just a, from a tech point of view, but mm. finding loopholes defensively and that as well. And um, so I guess the frustrating part was I I couldn't do what I used to be able to do, and that really ticked me off. Mm. And so now it's about trying to still stay, because I'm a competitive guy, so still f- fulfill that competitiveness, but look at something else. And if I can help young players or reach their goals or get better then that's fulfilling it for me um or one part of it so
0: absolutely mate hey and before we kick in and learn a bit more about you mate we're going to do a segment called try or no try so this is pretty straightforward mate so we'll throw a few things at you first off the bat ufc try or no try ah uh, no try no try game of thrones try try uh pineapple on your pizza try try for that uh we've got crossfit yeah, I, yep, try Commonwealth Games
1: I've already won a gold medal in 2006 <laughs> yeah, So yeah, we'll call yeah. that a try. <laughs> to try You've been watching a bit? Uh, a little bit, yep yeah. And oh, just listening on Radio Sport too I've got to drive in here and, and do some work So I've been listening to uh, different sports And trying to still get behind the, the New Zealand folk
0: Yeah, absolutely
1: And Fortnite? Um, I can't win, so no try
0: <laughs> No try Hey, made stone more.
1: Well, it's it's getting better now. Try. I was in there the other day.
0: Try, beautiful. It has to be it has to be a try yeah. for you, mate. Hey, so for those listening around the world, uh, Maidstone Mall was effectively, I guess, the epicenter of Upper Hutt, I guess you could call it. And Cory um, grew up in Upper Hutt, pretty close to your hut. You still live there, don't you? I sure do. Yep, still live in Upper Hutt. So going back to the beginnings, mate, tell us about your I guess your first rugby memory. Um,
1: well, my first one was I just moved to Upper Hutt when I was five from nine eye and um my dad loved rugby, and I didn't really know too much, so he threw me into it with my, with one of my neighbours, and uh, I managed just a under sixes, and I managed to score a couple of tries, and I thought this is bloody nifty. I'm not too bad at that. so um, and I just enjoyed it ever since, and kind of had that little bit of natural ability, um, which a lot of kids have. Some don't, and they got to work hard. And I, I enjoyed it. I had that little bit of natural ability, but then I knew that. I enjoyed rugby so much that I wanted to make something out of it, so I worked hard at it.
0: And then moving on to college, you went to, was it Heratonga College? That's correct. And not a big rugby school,
1: though? No, we were were division two, and, um, oh, you know, for me, I used to think back in those, back in that time that if you're good enough, no matter what school or division, you'd get picked, and um, it was wrong, (laughs) wrong on me thinking, but I was never the type that was going to go to a better school or a higher school just to get picked, you know. I was kind of, I'm going to make it with my natural talent or, you know, my hard work that I'm going to make it anywhere. So I missed out on a few teams uh, at school, and um, but I knew that I wanted to be an All Black. That was, that was my dream, so uh, missing out on those teams, you can either go, you know, you can go two ways, you can... Get upset and, and quit, or you can just work harder. So I decided to work harder and keep pushing towards it.
0: And very similar story to Brad Shields who had on the show recently, went to title College was Prem Three, and he was never going to leave that school, even though he had offers from bigger schools. He was going to stay there and stay true. and And it's an example that you can make it from those schools.
1: Well, definitely. And you know, we won my last year. We won the Division Two uh, final against Manor College, and um, well that that was cool. We were a team that that worked hard, and and like I said, I. I, I, I made. I played in trials at school against guys in Division One from Division One teams, and um, I thought I played better than them at, at times as well. But you know, obviously they were in a higher school, so they made it. It is what it is. You know, I kept working hard, and uh, I did the same thing when I went to Prem Rugby. You know, I was. I went to Upper Hutt, and probably wasn't the best team out of all the teams. But I knew that if I was in a team that wasn't the best, then I Played well against the top teams, or stood out against the top teams, and it was going to be better for me than going to a team that was brilliant and standing out against lower teams. So that was my mindset, and I was always going to get up hard anyway.
0: And the kind of lessons there are uh, never give up and hard work, eh? Well, that,
1: that's what it is. Like I had a dream, I had a you know a goal to be an All Black and um, you know play for Wellington, and um, you know sooner or later, I guess there's a time you're going to have to give up because you know, I mean if you're 40 years old you're probably not going to play for them but you know um, I just kept working hard and you can always learn every day and I naturally as a young kid tried to self-teach myself because I enjoyed grabbing the ball and running down to the field and I'd watch games and if there was a left footed kicker in one of the teams then I had to kick left-footed and you know what I mean so I'd, and I'd have to kick like that person it wouldn't be how I would so but I enjoyed that I think we lose a little bit of that nowadays because of the technology that we're in we didn't have all that kind of stuff when i was younger so um, we lose it at that self teaching kind of aspect of the the kids coming through these days but but i enjoyed it so that's why i did it
0: and one of the things that come through across social media when we ask people for questions um to ask you Corey, was actually about your friend and it's something i remember from your career and obviously when you've still got it but that massive fend, is that something that you develop or is that just purely natural yeah no i just i never really thought it was a big thing until Start offending a few people off, to be
1: honest. But um, no, like you know, I I guess I I've always kind of had worked on my attributes growing up, and uh, my favourite player was Jonah. But the size of me, I was never going to go bumping people off. So I had to try to find ways to separate myself from the game or from the opposition. And um, you know, like I said, I wanted to work on everything. I went away in, as a kid and self taught myself kicking and passing and stepping and fending and did all that kind of stuff so um then it started working for me um and then just keep working at uh at your your strengths uh, get them better and then and slowly bring your weaknesses up and yeah i just it, it kind of worked for me and um then i learned on best situations to to use it you know you can't use it all the time but whether you fend them in the the chest or if there's an opportunity to get someone in the face and you know that's just different stuff so that no, it was good.
0: And you mentioned Jonah but any other players that you kind of modelled your game on or I guess were your idols growing up?
1: See I didn't really model my game on anyone um, I just wanted to be a well-rounded player and I enjoyed rugby you know what I mean and, and so I looked at everyone and and uh, and enjoyed what they were doing you know like my old man was from Hawks Bay so I'd watch Hawke's Bay, and you see Aaron Hamilton on the wing and Jared Cunningham at fullback. So I enjoyed watching them, and and then Wellington and Counties when Jonah and Joelly and that were there, and Peter Alatini was playing fullback, and you know, so I just watched rugby and enjoyed it, and um, tried to pick little things out of just watching different players and that. But I didn't really, you know, chainsaw Laney when he was a hit when I was at college and. You know, I probably got the chainsaw whip from him. But, you know, like just, just little things that looking at players and not really modelling off anybody or wanting to be anybody, but just kind of looking at everyone's attributes and saying that I want everything. And how do I work at having everything to my game? The kicking, the catching, the passing, the running, the step, whatever. And I just wanted that. So I just enjoyed watching rugby.
0: And similar to Conrad Smith, actually, recently on the show was saying... For him, it was just about doing what he does well, and not worrying about other players. Just do what you do well. Definitely, and
1: you know, like that's what I try and tell the young guys now. You know, especially as a, uh, as a winger, fullback, and all that. Um, you know, back in the days, you couldn't catch or pass or kick or anything. They put, you in, but you're fast. They put you on the wing. Where nowadays, there's so much more to the game. You know, you got to be able to do everything. You got to be the eyes. You got to be a talker where the old ones probably wouldn't talk, give me the ball, and that's all they say, but now there's so much more happening and involved in being an outside back that being a well-rounded player is is going to be important. You know, you don't have to be the best at each attribute, but if you've got a little bit of something that you can, then it's hard to get picked on at the game. So I mean, that's what I tried to do in my career is, is not really have too much of a weakness.
0: And looking back at your career, mate, you kind of really made your mark, I think, in the seven stage to begin with, um, for the AB sevens, or New Zealand sevens as I called back then, before moving on to Super and um, All Blacks, of course, but, and you look at, you think of Jonah and Cully, those guys made their marks on the seven stage, but I think it had you know a pretty big impact on you as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I, I made the Lions in 2003, or like the back end of it, and played a couple, couple of games, and um, then got put on loan to Hawks Bay, because um, of the attitude. But it, which was cool because Hawke's Bay were my, was m- my other team that I supported because my dad supported them. So I grew up supporting Wellington and Hawke's Bay. So um, to go up there and play for them was, was pretty cool. Um, I know the old man loved it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I guess, and then come back, I got injured in 2005 season after playing the British and Irish Lions and broke my thumb. So I missed most of that season. And it wasn't really until 2006 where I got um you know, into the, I made the sevens and played in four tournaments and made the Commonwealth Games and managed to play that and. But I enjoyed it. You learn so much at sevens. You learn, you know, you're in a big field. You've got to, you've got to make your tackles. Yeah, you, you get space to run, so you use you get the confidence to, to attack. Um, you get to show your attributes whether you have your your footwork, your fins or whatever. I mean, a fitness. It brings so much out of you, and you're playing in front of big crowds and that as well. So that kind of, is good to start and. Yeah, so after playing the four tournaments and the Commonwealth Games, I kind of I got picked up into the New Zealand Maldives because they pulled rank over the sevens back then. So I went into them and, yeah, made the Hurricanes after that.
0: And moving ahead, mate, to your All Blacks debut, I think 2008. Yes, mate. And um, can you just tell us where you were when you first heard that you made the team?
1: Where was I? I'd, we'd just lost to the, uh, in the final against Canterbury, 7-6 uh, or whatever. So I was gutted. Um, that we that we had lost, uh, it was here in Wellington. So we were in the changing room, and uh, I heard our manager talking to Jamie Joseph, who was the coach, and he was like, yeah, you know, the same people, and Ross Filippo, Jose, and, and they said my name. So I was like, I wonder what they were talking about over that corner. Mm-hmm. And then, so everyone spoke, and they talked about the game, and then they said, oh, and the All Blacks have been picked because we had to do media the next day, they did before they went, and they said, oh, yeah, so the same, you know, same people, Ma'a and all that started talking, I was like, hang about, I heard, kind of thing, and then he was like, oh, and everyone clapped, and then, and there's new ones, as Ross, you know, Jose, and Ross Filippo, and I was like, so I started getting real nervous, because I was like, I just heard, like, whisper, and then they said my name, I just, you know, when the boys started screaming and clapping about, with everyone making a team, it was, man, it was pretty cool, it was, a, uh, couldn't really dwell on the the loss, or, go out and get on the piss um, to celebrate the loss because it wasn't a win because I had media first day and I get to meet the all black coaches and kind of put on the all black polo for the first time so that was that was pretty pretty cool I didn't get much sleep
0: to be honest and that first time entering All Blacks camp how was that as a new player to enter for the first time
1: oh I mean it's daunting but you, you play against the guys um you know and and that's your dream so it's kind of like you know I was a bit older I was like 20. 24, 25 when I made the All Blacks, so I was a little bit older than some of the kids running around these days <coughs> so it's But it was cool, it was my dream um, to to be an All Blacks since I was a young kid and um, But you know the good bit of advice is you went in there and um, You know the, the All Black coaches go you get picked for a reason go and do it, you know, you don't have to do anything else that's above you or beyond you and um, you're at the all-black level, which is harder rugby, but it's easier rugby in the sense that everyone just does their job, so all you need to worry about is yours, where you can go to super rugby and lower, and just every now and then you might have to do a little bit more than what you need to to help out. So um, it was an easy transition to get in there and just try and be myself.
0: And tell us about that very first all-black soccer, mate. How was, that? was that nerves or was it excitement or a combination?
1: No, I was excited about that. I mean, I, I grabbed our you get given your your all black jersey and shorts and all that because you get the whole shebang and uh, I went up to my room we we're in Hong Kong and a room by myself so I put it on and looked in front of the mirror just to see what I'd look like and it wasn't too bad to be honest with you um, and so like I was like this is cool and then yeah the hacker came which oh, I lost the plot like I oh, I enjoyed the hacker I always tried to you know look around who was in front of us and if someone was staring at me then I'd just eye them the whole time and um, it kind of got me going and got me excited, and I, you know, I I bloody enjoyed it. And uh, it was similar to the anthem. Like, I didn't sing the anthem because I could only hear myself, and I'm, unless I'm having a few beers, I'm a terrible singer. Um, so I, I kind of I stopped singing it just to listen to, if we were in New Zealand, you'd hear the crowd, you'd hear the boys singing, and if we were away, we'd just hear the boys, and that did more for me than hearing my voice sing it. So... Um, yeah, a couple of different things.
0: Talking about the Haka, mate, who are some of the players that, you you, you instantly think of a Liam and a Piriwepu, as being, you know, the leader's really good at the Haka, but are there any kind of dark horses there that you wouldn't expect to be, you know, give me mean Haka that do?
1: Oh, no, I'm, I'm not too sure. I always made sure that I got up the front. And uh, so I was always up the front next to, say, Izzy or Ma'a or something like that because I didn't want to be, I know it sounds bad, but you always see the white boys jumping at the back and too scared to bloody get involved in Uh, get excited. So I always made sure that I I enjoyed doing the haka and, you know, it it got me going for the game. So I always tried to get right up the front, um, you know, in the front line and really put everything out there and get excited. So then I set the challenge for them and myself to go out there and play well.
0: Sounds like Ellie Williams had a similar thinking to you, mate. Yeah, he loved poo kind of the
1: bloody up in the sky to the clouds, and I don't know what he was looking at, but well, I mean, you know, like everyone has their own kind of thought, um, and, and but that was mine. You know, I always wanted to be the one. I wanted to be up the front. I wanted to be setting a challenge, and for for both of them and me, and that was a great way to start it.
0: And mate, um, you've been called out as a bit of a changer and pest, or a bit of a prankster, um, by a few players, mate. Do you, do you accept that mental, or do you refute that? It's
1: not true, mate. Um, <laughs> look, I just, I, I guess the good thing about it is I can come out of playing for the All Blacks, or out of my rugby career, knowing that I was myself. You know, I didn't try to get too PC, or try to, or whatever. I just tried to be myself, and I like to have fun. I like to joke around. Um, you know, there's a serious time for stuff, but there's also time to just have fun and. And muck around I do like teasing people and having debate battles and you know because I'm competitive as well so I hate losing debate battles and stuff like that so and pulling pranks is, is pretty 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 cool but that's just me and not everyone's like that but like I said I come out of my career and say you know, I, I was just me I am who I am off the field on the field and everywhere you know so yeah what you see or it is what it is you see or whatever the word is the thing is for it so yeah Absolutely,
0: mate. Hey, and look, we're at um, Rugby League Park, which is Wellington Hurricanes HQ. Um, so you've spent, you know, best part of a decade here, mate. Um, just looking at your time at the Canes, obviously, two thousand sixteen. How important? How, I mean, for your career, that victory in the final. How does that rank?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that was cool, and to be able to, I guess, score a try, could have got two of bread then bloody drop at the bastard. But uh, you know, like it was, um, it was cool. Like I, that year, was a big year for me. Um, you know, like I, I played. 11 seasons or whatever it is for the Hurricanes and but that season you know, I'd missed out on the All Blacks World Cup the year before and I had a few injuries so I missed out on playing in the playoffs with my hamstring and stuff like that so I was getting older and uh, I was 32 that year so then the next season, the year we won it I, was, I turned 33 and I had a goal that I did the whole pre-season and I had a goal to show everyone that at 33 years old I can still play at this level and, and still play well and obviously win the championship was my other one but to show at 33 in a fast man's position on the wing yeah. that i can still play this game i ended up playing 17 out of the 18 games and you know we won the we won the final so when that season come, uh, finished i i just ran out of energy i i, I was gone because i put so much focus and energy into that season that i was going to show that i could still do it so um and that was if i had to look at one season to take away we obviously, we won it at the end, but to take away one season season out of my whole career of what I put so much into, it, that was the that was the year. And that was the best one
0: for me. Must have been a hell of a celebration that night, mate.
1: Um, yeah, a couple, couple. Of that that night, I I blew out too early. Uh, we we started chopping a few drinks back, and I ended up going quite early. Oh, when I say quite early, it was long past my bedtime. I normally go to bed about eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. So, um. You know, we we clocked out pretty early and started up ne- the next day, and just enjoyed each other's company and that kind of stuff. So it's um, it was good to finally celebrate at the end of the season with a few drinks, winning the championship instead of having to have a few drinks at the end of the season and we've lost. Because what are we celebrating? Just having a year, playing a year, but this time we actually got to celebrate that we we won. We fulfilled our goal and
0: um it was much better. Is there anything you can pinpoint from that season that kinda of clicked for the Canes to get them over the line? Um we we changed the way
1: we approached defensively. Um you know we got a we got a hide early on against the Brumbies and we we changed our defense structure. Um and we brought it to more of a an offensive defence and came at you and um just i think the the will to win carried on from when mark Hammett was here you know he installed the good culture that the competitiveness and and then so when um you know we got to the final the year before and the boys had it and then i guess that year we, we knew we were so close and mm. we had to tweak a few things but we were very competitive we had a good structure we had a good game plan and the boys were pretty good so then we moved it on defense a little bit and really started um, putting pressure on teams and once that clicked once we got better at it um, obviously towards the back end of the season in the playoffs where we didn't let teams come through I think we were, we were all in agreement of what we were doing defensively and offensively and uh, it showed
0: Absolutely. And As a Hurricanes fan mate um, that's a great memory for me that victory so I'm glad you're a part of it Hey, look, um, looking at the All Blacks now, so France coming up for a three-test series in June, haven't been here since 2013. Um, what are some of your memories of playing France in your career? Uh, I had my first All Black loss
1: and um, my first All Black start <laughs> in 2009, I think it was. We played down in Dunedin, and they uh, they beat us, and that kind of, to me, realised that you're playing for New Zealand, not just your franchise, because when you lose for your franchise... It, it sucks, I hate losing, the, you know, mm. like, the, like the next guy, but it's it's your franchise, so that region uh, are in mourning. When you lose for New Zealand, New Zealand shut down, and I kind of felt that, I was like, wow, this is what it feels like, because I've been a fan, and when the All Blacks lose, you can feel it, but when you're part of it, it didn't feel too good. So that was my first memory of, of France, and they compete, they're passionate. Um, most games, are, you just don't know... Which way they're gonna go because they have the ability to, to open it up if they play the game. The way, they know they can. Um, I got to, go to Marseille over there and, um, you know that that was they said that the All Blacks haven't won there or whatever and we ended up putting bloody forty or or so on them there so that was a good feeling and and then I did, when I did my ACL in two thousand and thirteen, I had eight months out of the game and. I came back and played one and a half game for Wellington, and then got flew over to France and played the test match there. So, then um, that was in Paris. So that was pretty cool. To they're a tough team. Yeah, you know, very physical. Obviously, the World Cup um, yeah. comes in mind, but they're a very physical team. And like I said before, if they decide to play rugby, which everyone in the world knows they can, um, it's 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 a flip of a coin kind of kind of day so um yeah they're an interesting team
0: and um who were some of the kind of big name players or that you respected in the french team or that really tough competitors
1: well i think miadad was the guy that i i took on on the wing and um like we had some good good little battles uh he had um, we played in in the south of france and uh he tackled he actually i caught the ball bad ball and he tackled me into the sideline and he yelled something in french in my ear and i was like damn it you bastard you know I thing and so then the next one i ended up fending him in the face and uh so it was kind of a little battle and then i, I got him again and the world cup uh i just closed my eyes and threw my hand in and i happened to, it happened to work so well that was a cool little little battle um it's hard to, to point on individual guys because you don't really take on your guy or your individual that much, but when I yeah, like I I just enjoyed the way that they played it from back in the days when um you know Saint Andre and Terry Lacroix and all those guys were playing, you know, like enjoying their <laughs> rugby then to what it is now. So it's not much has changed in the way that they can play rugby when they decide to.
0: And being in All Blacks camp and getting ready to take on France, how does that rivalry stack up, you know, compared to your South Africans and your Australians? Oh, I don't think much. too
1: much changes, to be honest with you, because when you're off the All Blacks, you focus to win every game and you want to win every game. So, um, yeah, there's not much difference between, obviously, game plans and structures and what you want to achieve and all that kind of stuff. But the mental prep, whether you're playing against... South Africa, France, um, Tonga, Namibia, whatever you're playing against, the the frame of mind is you're going out there to win and win well, so yeah, it doesn't change too much. I don't think when the All Blacks roll around in June to taking on France, they'll want to go out there and perform well and win.
0: And I'm um, putting you on the spot here now, mate, but three test series, how's it going to go down? The French one?
1: Yeah. Oh, the All Blacks. I think the All Blacks will win. Um, France showed that they can can play well in the in the six nations but can they do it consistently or um that's 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 the problem and i think with new zealand pretty much they're consistent you know and they want to win every game and that's the the the, the frame of mind so um i think new zealand will win i think we might see a couple of or one or two close games but yeah, I just think New Zealand have got a the structure and the firepower to to go well early on.
0: For sure, mate. Hey, and moving to um, outside of rugby now, just tell us about so you're involved in the gym scene in Wellington.
1: Is that right? Oh yeah, not not really me. My wife and uh, and her and her business partner they they run it, um, and so she but she's enjoying it. It, it was something to. The reason why we we went ahead with it is like I was playing rugby, so I was I was busy. I had my dreams or you know my stuff, and this this opportunity came for her, and she was passionate. She always went to the gym and or like you know started going to the gym and enjoying it after the four kids, and but she was always at home with the kids, you know. So this gave her an opportunity to get out there and be a part of something, and she loves it. She loves going there as a community feeling at, at our gym, in Naparhat, and. Um she loves getting there and she, her biggest attribute is she doesn't stop talking so I don't know if it's a good attribute or not but um, she just yarns away and she loves going there and talking to the members and being part of it and it's good it's a good feeling there um, I, I go in there and do a workout and try to stand by reception to look like I'm actually know what I'm doing but I don't wouldn't have a clue um, but yeah so she's she runs most of that um, and, and
0: enjoys doing it so lifestyle gym in Upper Hutt, isn't it?
1: Oh, lifestyle, health and fitness gym in yeah, Upper
0: Hutt. Oh, if you're in Wellington, um, listeners, make sure you sign up.
1: Yeah, get in there and have some fun.
0: For sure. Hey, mate, and also you've uh, been noted throughout your career to be into your sweets, your lollies, and oh, actually you're snapped out on the on the weekend and the hurricanes change room are meeting some G planes? Yeah, no. Nah, like, I, I went in there um, before the team had, had rocked up
1: and uh, they kicked me out. They said, get out of here, because they were trying to present it all nice and tidy on the table. I was like, "I'll get you, buggers, back." So, because um, I was doing the, the rugby, the co- um, pre-game and all that. Mm. So when the lads turned up and they ran out of my field, I was like, "This is my opportunity to, to sneak in there." So I snuck in there and grabbed me a, a handful of, um, jet planes. I grabbed the coke as well, but that was that you didn't see that one on the camera. He didn't, he wasn't quick enough, and they, um, he yeah, Boad and Barrett snuck in and, and got me,
0: but that's. Hey. And what's your, this for des- sorry, what's your go-to um, chocolate or lolly, mate? What, what, what do you like?
1: Um it used to be the snowballs. You know, the, the lolly snowballs with the marshmallows inside and that, but I can't find them anymore. The buggers are hot in them. Um, maybe that's why. Uh, I do like jet planes, um, milk bottles, Coke bottles. Um, I like anything that's not sour. Yeah. Uh, I can't do sour or spicy. Yeah, well, they're not spicy lollies, yeah. but, you know, in spicy food I can't. I die. So, um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of lollies. Lollies more than chocolate. Um, not the biggest chocolate fan, um, but fizzy drink and lollies. I mean, I'm a happy man if you if you want to sit down and have them together.
0: Did you ever get a word from a nutritionist at all over your career? Hey, tie and the lollies at all or no? Uh, nah,
1: like in moderation. So I only have like four packets a day, and no, nah, no, <laughs> you know, like nah, Um, like I always went to McDonald's and KFC, and I. I did that and I told them that, like, I enjoy eating that food and I don't really let it mentally affect me. And I, I happened to be lucky that I wasn't in the the body type that, you know, thinks about KFC and then blows out. You know, like, I was able to have some, but you just got to keep training, um, have it in moderation. Um, and so, but, yeah, like, I enjoyed, I still lived. It's like my trying to be a, annoying and piss people off and have a bit of fun. That was still part of me being me, mm. eating what I wanted to do and um, and enjoying life because at the end of the day, you're, you're still playing a sport and people are watching, but you've still got to enjoy your living. You've still got to enjoy life. It's not a you know, job where you just have to do what the first, the person in front of you, what the person before you has said, this is what you got to do, now do it you know
0: it's a great lesson because actually the super rugby round is the bubble round bursting the bubble on mental health and actually that's some really good insights there in terms of keeping a level doing things that you enjoy outside of the game and maintaining that you know not being too bogged down and caught up in the game
1: yeah well i think the world we're in now we we stress over far too many things and that's just the world we're in you know and stuff that don't concern us or you know it's We're happy to have a comment about or we want to have an opinion about but it really doesn't affect anything it's just stirring the pot just for the sake of stirring the pot where i'm i'm pretty relaxed it's hard for people to tease me or offend me or anything like that because i stay relaxed and i worry about the stuff that really affects me or that needs to be worried about but outside of that there's no point in stressing about stuff that you can't control or it has got nothing to do with you that's just you're going to end up ruining your life or not being very happy and yeah. life's too short not to be happy. We gotta enjoy ourselves. We gotta have some fun. You know what I mean? And
0: enjoy yourself. I think that's some great lessons that people can take on outside and anywhere in any yeah. sphere in life. Just Absolutely
1: life. just life. Just and just enjoy it and let's not worry about negative stuff. People are gonna say stuff that's gonna stir up people in this whole world. That we're all not gonna agree. And it's the same thing with and uh, rugby. Someone will call a move and not everyone's gonna agree on it, but you just go with it you know you don't have to fight or argue just for the sake of arguing you know so until we find that um we're going to have more problems but it is what it is
0: great lessons there hey mate moving on to something a little bit lighter what's on your netflix watch list at the moment i started watching the ranch when i was in japan Mm -hmm. have you seen that yeah yeah yeah, 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 it was brilliant
1: um but it's not on the new zealand one i can't find it i think it is well, oh, well, the, where I'm up to wasn't. Right. I, I got up to the end of the 40th episode or whatever it was. Oh, okay. No. And then, so yeah. I've um, only
0: seen the first season, so I'm, you're ahead of us. I've seen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. both of them
1: over there. It was yeah. brilliant. I enjoyed it. Um, so I haven't. I started to try to watch Vikings, but it was a bit too too slow. And um, I'm a gamer. I like Game of Thrones. Mm. I like um, watching that. I actually haven't really watched the TV series. I watched the comedy ones. I like watch Dave yeah. Chappelle. Stand up and all that kind of stuff because that
0: yeah.
1: that humour gets me. Yeah. Um, I bought Kevin Hart tickets for when he comes at the end of the year. So, um, but I just kind of like watch those kind of things, the funny ones. And
0: mm.
1: I need to get into a series because I I used to watch Suits and mm. um, I enjoyed watching that and um, Game of Thrones and uh, Ballers. Yeah. You know, like yeah. so I I do like watching ones where you just say they're are, there are three or four seasons already made, so you can just <laughs> go bam, 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 bang 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 <laughs> and start watching them instead of having to wait really a month for yeah. another episode and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really watch TV too much, to be honest with you. I um, really I get home and I will play with the kids or do whatever I've got to do with the kids. And now that I'm not playing rugby, I, I it's cool. I get to take them to their ballet classes, their roller skating, or netball, or whatever it is. I get to take them to that and and sit there and enjoy watching them train and. And then I'm you know, i a big bath man, so yeah. I'll I'll put the kids to bed and I'll, I'll run me a nice hot bubble bath and I'll chill in there for about 30 minutes and that's my thinking time, that's my get away from the world time. And uh, yeah, and then I normally go to bed pretty early because I like to get, I like sleep. And because the kids are crazy and they get up before the birds, I try to get my sleep in before I get, you know, yeah. instead of trying to sleep in in the morning, so
0: yeah sounds like you're doing life right mate hey and uh favorite holiday spot in new zealand uh Papamoa. i've got a little batch up
1: there and we're actually going up there next week to taking the family up there so um the weather bloody better change because they, they love it yeah so we've got a spot up there so we're going to go up there for a week and take the family away they love it because it's it's relaxed you just get away from the life and um chill out at the beach and, and do some fun stuff at the at the place so yeah it's my my favorite
0: fantastic mate. hey moving on to some questions from our social media followers so we we asked for some questions and mate we got loads so we're only going to be able to get through a few today but we'll run through them um so cam mcclay from facebook asked what is your go-to takeaway meal
1: uh yeah very interesting question um well mcdonald's is, is a safe bet with me um, I had it last night, it was my daughter's seventh birthday, so I got through a couple of Big Macs and a McChicken and chips and a drink, um, just standard meal. But, I, but I'm a big KFC fan. Uh, I, I like to go um, Tower Burger combo, Tower Burger by itself and an eight-pack Wicked Wings uh, if I go there. Um, so those are the two.
0: two go-tos. Good options. And JD Ruiz from Instagram asks, what is your favourite <laughs> hairstyle over there? Is Mine is the dreads.
1: Uh, the, the problem with the dreads is when they got wet, I smelt like a stink dog um, so and they weren't too good on my pillow. Um I'm not too sure. I just probably the you know, the old short back and sides a little bit on top is just the the usual the, the safe bit you know I had a, a few crazy ones where put a bit of dye through them, long dreads, long headband and spiky and you know whatnot. so I think everyone laughs at the long hair from when I had it back in 2006, I tell them that I was a sex symbol back then, but no one believes me. So um, yeah, I think the short back and size, a little bit on top, be the best bet.
0: go-to. And um, we've got Jack, Sergeant Shadbelt from Twitter. He's a massive follower of the All Blacks, always commenting, mate. He asks, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: Um, there's been a lot. Not It's not how you start, it's how you finish, and I think that that goes to a lot of people. You know, you. know you might not get it the rubber the green or whatever but don't quit keep going and you never know what can happen um there's a cool one that i just go by now and it's straight and narrow you know there's no mucking around as yeah. if you lose because you can't win everything but if you lose just get better mm. and it's a simple okay we need to get better so how do we get better and that's the like attitude i i'm a big believer in that the only worst thing there is, is quitting. Like, you can come last, and if you try your best and you come last, then at least you've done your best, you just know you just got to get better, you know? But if you quit, then that's the worst thing you can do. And, um, and so I, I try and tell my kids and all that kind of stuff, just, go, not everyone can score the goals if you're in a soccer player, not everyone can score all the tries, not everyone can be that that awesome person that does all the things, but there's a lot that you can contribute to mm. in, in, in a sports sense or, in a working sense or anything like that, you just gotta keep trying your best. And um, so yeah, along those
0: lines. And talking about advice, were there any kind of mentors throughout your career who were go-to when you wanted to chat to about things like that or get advice? No, I didn't really, I just, it's the same thing with my, my playing
1: days and even like, I'd always just watch, like I was a big, I didn't really ask heaps of questions of, of people and, but I was always just watching, oh, what's this person doing? Or, you know, like I'd watch a coach and, Oh, what's he looking at? Or what's this drill doing? Or what's that player stepping with? Or you know, or and I just I always watch and I and I learn that way. I'd hear people talking, whether it's you know up in offices or whatever, wherever they are. And people just yarning because I like to have a conversation with people. Yeah. Um, that nowadays, everyone wants to do it on their phone, but you know, so and, and just listening, just picking up different um, scenarios or different thoughts in that way instead of really just going to people to get to talk or, yeah. um, but that's the way that worked for me. I think there's there has been people that I've talked to and I've had to open up and share things. Um, Steve Simons was one with, he was our professional development officer and I had a lot of problems a few years ago because my oldest boy, he, he's got tuberculosis so he's special needs, m- mentally disabled and mm. autism and all that kind of stuff. and it, beginning it, it just kind of, it got me, but I wouldn't share with anyone. I'd mm. her up, problem would be happening at home. Mm. I'll turn up to rugby and you wouldn't even know and that mm. anything was wrong because that's the way I dealt with it. Yeah. And which you can do for a certain amount of time, but you can't do it forever because it ends up just getting to you. And so yeah. I sat down with him. I, I think the All Blacks or someone was training outside and I was in his office at Rugby League Park and, and he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I opened up about Cassius and all that, and then I looked outside and I said, I want to be in that team there. And so kind of like opening up made me feel better. You know, it, it's a hard thing to do, but mm. it, it made me feel better. And I'm a person that like, you know, I'm mm. old school, like mm. like the old man and all that kind of stuff. You know, you keep things there. There's no point in bloody sharing it with people. You keep it to yourself. But mm. at the end of the day, it's, you don't have to open right up and tell every, every, you know, everything. Um, every five seconds, but yeah. when something is bogging you down, it's good to just share it and get it out there. And that's what um, I did. So he was one big part of my, early on in my agri career to be able to just go in there and have a yarn to him.
0: Mm. Mm. Again, some pretty great lessons for people out there to um, take into their life. Hey, mate, two more questions from our fans, some hard hitting questions here. So Winston from Instagram asks tea or coffee?
1: dollar each way. Um, tea tastes better. No doubt about that. But um, since I've been getting into like, a little bit of coaching role, the guys up here in the top office just don't stop drinking coffee. Hey. Eh? <laughs> so um, they had a nice little caramel one here the last few weeks, but that's run out, so we have to go get some more. So I enjoy that. I enjoy having coffee when, it, when I'm here at work. Beautiful. Hmm.
0: And final question, mate. Josh from Instagram asks, who was your favourite roommate in your career and why?
1: Favourite roomie? Um, oh, a couple. in Israel. Um, Israel, Julian, Savia, they were my favourite um, because they did whatever I said, really, you know, I was, I was top dog back then, so well, Israel would definitely do whatever I said, um, and, and Jules, he, he was, you just had to put him to bed early and not let him get overtired because he could snore, the, the worst <laughs> snorer anyway, so he was the worst roomie as well in that sense, but um, if you put him to bed early in a nice time, he doesn't get overtired, um he was nice to deal with very selfish he 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 was in the bed next to the light he would never go turn it off or anything like that um very selfish but Mm -hmm. but out of the two because you can they were my mates um you would always find tj in there and he wasn't in that room but he would always be in there trying to buddy, lie down somewhere but they were they were my closest mates in the in the all blacks and all that kind of stuff or hurricanes apart from izzy and so you were comfortable beam with them in the room you know Mm. and I think that was the key part about when you're having room is obviously you got to you got to get to know everyone else in the team so you got to split it up but um you know we were comfortable together so it was Mm. you know I'd sit there and go is he and he'd be like yeah yes boss and I'd be like oh can you go run me a bath please mate it's it's about that time I jump in the bubble bath and he'd be yes sir and he'd go in there and you know get the temperature right and all that for me so it was um they were good guys. Good
0: man. And you still keep in touch with Izzy frequently?
1: Yeah, I actually uh he FaceTimed me the other week. Mm. Um so it's good to see his his face and talking about when he's kind of come back and, and all that kind of stuff. And um no, he's good, you know, he's got his he's got his little boy that's just turned one and mm. another little one on the way, so um catch up
0: to me soon. Yeah, yeah, not far away. Hey, Corey, thanks a lot for your time, mate. And um, <clears throat> with the Brisbane 10s calling the, cl- the um, old-time players, hopefully we see you running out for the Canes again one day, mate. Look, I got
1: asked this year to be a wild card, to be honest. And, uh, you know, I just thought I'd just come back from Japan. It was too soon. I'd just come out of the hurricane six months before. And so I was. I'm still competitive. So I would have gone over there and tried to do everything and... Um, where, you know, in a, in a year or two time, if the opportunity come again, you know, I'm away from the game, which means I can go over there as a proper wild card, as the older guy, and, and really enjoy it instead of being so competitive that, um, you know, I wanted to get on jersey and I'd probably never get off the field, which will look bad for the guys that are yeah. in the Hurricanes,
0: so I turned it down this year. Oh, hopefully we we'll see you out there one day. Hey, thanks a lot for your time, mate, and all the best. ass cheers, no worries. Oh,